Exodus 18. So at some point, while Moses was in Egypt, and things were getting things were getting crazy. Moses sent his wife Zipporah and his two sons back to the land of Midian, and his father-in-law took them in. We know this because that's what it says in verse 2 of this chapter. And so after they had gone out, they, um, they had crossed the Red Sea. They were there in front of the mountain of God. And we know that the mountain of God was um, traveling distance from Midian because Moses was in Midian with Jethro when he saw the burning bush, which was the mountain of, which was on the mountain of God. Because Yahweh said, you're going to bring your people back here to worship me on this mountain. So that's the connection. So Moses has made his way back pretty close to where Jethro lives. And so Jethro heard about everything that God had done, and he brought Zipporah and his two sons to him. And, yeah, so he brought them with. And then Moses told him all about the hardships and the deliverance. And then Jethro, his response was, um, Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods. And that's, so literally it's, Yahweh is greater or larger or louder. That's the one word for that. Then all or the whole of Elohim. Because Elohim is plural. So, of all the powers, Yahweh is greater, louder, larger. And then he, he did a, a burnt offering of sacrifice to God. <clears throat> and they ate, and they ate food together. It's always good to have food together and talk about things that are important. The next day, Moses sat down to judge the people. And he sat down in basically in civil court from morning until evening. And, uh, and Jethro kind of confronted him on it and asked him about it. And he said, why are you doing this alone? And Moses replied, well, the people just keep coming. Uh, whenever they have a dispute, it comes to me. I make a decision between one man and another. And I teach them God's statutes and laws. So it's people had dispute they didn't have any other leader over them and so they would go all the way to the top Moses would meet with them he would not only would he um, decide court cases but he was also teaching them and I can imagine that would take a long time and then he'd take the next next case and he would he's trying to he was trying to teach them so that they could do it themselves so that they could um, they could figure out these disputes by following and knowing the law of God the, the wisdom of God. But that obviously was not working. And so um, Jethro said, what you're doing is not good. That's a, this translation. I love that. So I, I looked it up and it's so not good. So I was expecting it to be the word ra, which is the word for bad. Um, and, you know, with a little bit of flair on there. But it's not that. It's actually... It's not even the not and then tov, which is good. Um, it's it's another word for pleasant or um, or like nice. And so I, I think a, a, if I were to translate it, I probably would have translated it as, so Jethro replied, replied, that sounds real unpleasant, except I think it's a little more forceful. What you're doing is not good. So what you're doing is unpleasant or un, un, not good. Um, you are going to wear yourself out 
and everybody who's waiting in line. They because they filled this whole area, this whole tent, with people who were waiting to have their court cases heard, and Moses was giving, um, making decisions between people. So he was hearing people argue about stuff. He was hearing on both sides. Then he was making a decision, and then he was teaching them a moral, a, a moral lesson that they could take to heart and they could take it back to their homes and to their families, and so they could learn the law of God, the statutes, the instructions of God, and and that's got to take a really long time. Obviously, morning until evening, and this is probably what he did every day, on his normal day to day when they weren't actually moving. Uh, <clears throat> so. Um, Jethro's suggestion was um, you should select from all the people able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating bribes and place them over the people as officials of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Um, so I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, so I wanted to look up that list because that list is, is really awesome. Able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, hating bribes. So I wanted to look up what all of those were, because obviously those are Hebrew words. And so I basically took the, the definition, usually has like multiple words that describe what that word is. And, and, you know, obviously you can get to these words. But, man, if you could just flush that out into a paragraph of describing, it would be something like this. Uh, find able men. And able is... Uh, Somebody who has strength and efficiency and wealth. So they, are, they, are, they have means to do something. They are able. Um, because that means that they could, they could sit in court and not have to work for their, their daily living. They're, they have options, which is what wealth is. Wealth is not a dollar amount. Wealth is um, optionality. It's the ability to choose one thing or another thing. There are a lot of places, I mean, you know, poverty is um, lack of options. You don't get to choose what your food is. You get, you, you get what you, whatever you can scrape by and get. Wealth is the ability, the, the optionality to choose. And that comes from strength, efficiency, and wealth. Um, the second thing is God-fearing. And that is fear, fearful of Elohim. Um, and so that is somebody who is humble, they're not, um, they are, they are constantly examining their own motives, they are, because they know that there's, there's someone greater and more powerful than them that sees them in their private moments. This is somebody with integrity. Because integrity comes from recognizing that Yahweh is greater and that we should be humble before him, and so we take a close look at our actions. Uh, next one, trustworthy, and that is a, uh, so it actually says, a man of uh, firmness, faithfulness, and truth, and that's the, so men of, and then the firmness, faithfulness, and truth is one word there, and uh, that's a, that's like steadfast in their truthfulness, which, I mean, trustworthy is the word that we use for that, but pulling out those words is, I don't know, I think it's more impactful. And then um, hating bribes, and and this is the one that I take issue with because, um, because it, it captures it kind of, but I, that that basically is saying like I hate it when 
um, when people are trying to bribe me, which is basically giving them like a defense. But I think that it's supposed to be more of a how they view society, not how they view themselves. And so it's hating gain by violence or injustice. And so this is a, like, for, uh, yes, true, it, it would help against themselves too, to help them go, yes, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to have gain by injustice, by bribes. But I think this is saying that when somebody, when they see this happening, they see gain by violence or injustice, they see people taking advantage of each other, that they are going to side with the weaker party. They're going to side with um, the person who is not taking for themselves. And, and not, they're not going to be uh, fooled by wealth and fooled by status, but that they are going to stand up for the weak and to do what is right and just. I think that's an awesome, pretty comprehensive list. Um, and they should judge the people at all times, and they can bring hard cases to you. And and set them up over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. I thought that was too granular. But this is not ten people. This is ten households. So um, the way that they counted um, the the people of Israel is they, they counted the fighting men. So these are men of um, enlistable rank and age and ability. And so uh, if you have... Let's go with the smallest one. If you have somebody who is put over 10, it sounds real small, but if you think of it as 10 family units, then that can get pretty big, because how big is a family unit? They got four to six kids and a wife and a grandmother, then that's, you know, it's a good, it's a good size, times 10. So, you know, so, so, so let's go with like five to 10 Per family unit times 10 is, you know, you got 50 to 100 people under one person. And so, and they would judge all of the, all of the civil disputes and they would, um, it says they would judge them at all times, which doesn't mean that it's just when issues come to them, it's when they see things, when they see injustice, when they see um, division, they would be the ones to go in and say, hey, what's going on? Let's figure this out. Uh, and then uh, over 50s, 100s, 1000s. So that covers a lot of ground there. Uh, and so Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. And then it repeats um, that he found people um, as leaders over the people over the thousands, uh, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So what that means is he found or helped to you know, identify over 78,000 people who were um, able, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating gain by violence and injustice. Over 78,000 people to cover that. And that's that math, if you would like to do it yourself, is 600,000 fighting men left um, Egypt. That's actually not including any of the um, non-Jews. That's just the Jews. Um, so plus that multitude of um, non-Jews that were with them. So even more than that, uh, I just took the 600,000 fighting men because those were the able-bodied, counted um, family unit members that were that, that counted there. And so 
each of them has a household. And so, I, you know, you take 600,000, you divide it by uh, 10, and that's how many family units there will be. And then you take that, you know, also add 50 on top of, you know, 600,000 divided by 50, 600,000 divided by 100, 600,000 divided by um, 1,000, and that's how you get a you know, rough number, because I'm sure they weren't exactly those numbers all the way up. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of people to identify and put in place. So that was no small task. And then all the hard cases were brought to Moses, and all the minor cases they judged for themselves. It's a really good setup. And then uh, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, and he journeyed to his own land. I actually really like this chapter because it's we get these random glimpses of a couple of priests. So one of them is um, one of them is Jethro, and he shows up and is a God fearer, and he does he does good, and then disappears. Like, so he took Moses in. Um, Moses married one of his daughters. He lived there, and then Moses left. And then here, Jethro shows up bringing his wife and two sons back, um, which is something that Moses should have sent for them or something. But And then he witnesses what's happening, and he just gives this just great wisdom that you just you look at it and you go, wow, how come nobody else thought of that? And, yeah, it's just a really nice little chapter right here. And, and I think that that is something that we can take into our own lives, just looking into what blind spots do we have that we're, you know, killing ourselves doing something. And that's not how it should be done. But there is God's wisdom to share the load with uh, people of strength and, and efficiency and fearful of God, uh, people of firmness and faithfulness and truth, uh, people who hate violence or unjust gain. We can find those people, and they're out there. They're just, we don't see them because, because we end up elevating people who are not like that. <laughs> we elevate people who, who are self gaining who who don't have an, a, a concept of fearing God they don't have a concept of humility under somebody else's power um, they they want to grab power people who are not firm and faithful and true but people who are changing their opinions so they can gain votes we have people who um, who take bribes and and don't seek justice they seek um, they seek wealth and they seek um, lining their own pockets at the at the um, at the expense of the weak and the the people that are on the outskirts. And that's not the people that we need to find, but we need to find these people and we need to put them into places where they can where they can govern and judge over the small groups all the way up to the large groups. So that's. Now, now I'm getting into politics, which is not where this is for. But it's not politics. This is how people, this is how people are. This is how societies form. And we can do it with the wisdom of God, humbly under his direction. 
or we can do it our own way. We can do it in a way that is uh, self-seeking, choosing our own way over God's, um, taking for ourselves instead of openly, humbly coming before God. And that is, and that's the story of Scripture, isn't it? Taking for ourselves or humbly standing before God.